for one thing. Well, two things. Eating grass and making manure. Manure is really good if you plant things for what? Fertilizer. You know what they didn't have in the Bible? Times when Jesus talks about fertilizer, they didn't have the bags of stuff that are all chemically composed perfectly. They had this stuff right here. This is actual... Can you pick some of that up? Like, go ahead, just... <laughs> Lucas, I picked you because you're the brave one. Come on. We've got to put a little bit of that in here. <laughs> How are you going to get it in there? Huh? With a shovel? Okay, we can try. Go ahead. He says, yeah, that, it'll work. Listen, this is really important. Don't spill this on here. That's good. That, oh, that was a good one. Yep, a little bit more. Get some of those big ones. Yeah, that, right. Ooh. Okay, listen, make sure it gets in the bucket. A couple more scoops. We want to make sure it's good and fertilized. Yeah, that, see that big one right there? That'll be a good one. Yep, yep, scoop. Yeah, oh, oh perfect. Okay, oh, that's, that's perfect. One more, one more. We've got to make sure we have enough. One more. You're doing, you're doing great. Oh, that's a... Okay. Would you... Uh... Now, Lucas, we've got we to gotta, like, get it in there well. No, 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 that's a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, we got to get the dirt and the manure and the fertilizer mixed together well. Yeah, you can't use a shovel. <sighs> okay. Oh, <coughs> the smell. Okay, okay, that, that, that's probably good. That's probably good. Brennan, I'm sorry. Okay, now, we've planted the tree. And it's going to give us apples, right? So can you get an apple off it? No. Why? It needs to grow. It needs to grow. You are a wise young man, wise beyond your years. Let's give Lucas a hand. Okay. That's a good one. Can you catch? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah. Thank you, Lucas. Anybody needs a bucket of fertilizer? Highest bidder after the service? That's yours. If you brought your Bibles, I'd invite you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13. The title of our sermon today is If It Bears Fruit. first nine verses. A little bit of backdrop. There's some things taking place that um, Jesus is going to address, but I want to kind of read the scripture and then I want to come back to it, okay? So Luke chapter 13, the first nine verses. Last week, Pastor Tom was at the end of Luke 13. It says this, Pause for just a moment. Pray for me. Please. That wasn't an order, I guess. I'm asking you to. Jesus, thank you for your faithfulness this morning. 
the constant reminder that you are ever before us in the good and the bad. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be a, a pleasing offering to you. Would you prepare our hearts to receive all that you have for us today, Lord? May the scriptures uh, ring true. Your word tells us that the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. It's timeless, God. So speak to us, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It says, now there were some present, or your Bible might say there were some people at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those 18 who died when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Then he told them this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. That's the word of God for the people of God. We can say thanks be to God. Picture this with me just for a moment. Uh, you're traveling back in time to the 1900s. Some of you were not alive in the 1900s. And uh, you're climbing into an old Chrysler New Yorker, a big old boat, and it's pulling a trailer. And my dad was redneck before redneck was really a thing, I think. Um, and he wasn't really redneck, it was just a crazy outfit we had. And my brother and I were occupying the space in the back seat. You can imagine the conversation when my brother yells, stop hitting me. And my response was, well, mom, he's staring at me. Oh, you, some of you have played this out in real life, I see. And my brother's next response was always the best. He's breathing my air. <laughs> like, we're in the same seat. Come on, dude. They didn't have bucket seats in the back then. It was just a bench that we were sharing. We've been fighting and blaming each other ever since. That's kind of the way life works, it seems like, isn't it? I mean, just one little bit of time. And, I mean, Brendan, as he prayed earlier, referenced kind of the hostility on Facebook or whatever it is, social media, and we're just quick to point the finger at somebody else and to pick a fight, aren't we? Yeah, and uh, we usually have good cause, or at least we think we do in our mind. I wasn't surprised, but I was surprised when I heard that uh, the war in Russia is being blamed on multiple different people. It's all around us. It's not new. I know some of you feel like the hostility is greater now than it's ever been. That's not entirely true, actually. Jesus is being addressed by some people, it says, that came to him who make 
a statement to try to position themselves as better than somebody else. Kind of like they were tattling. It says there were some present at that time who told Jesus or tattled about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. For you history and Bible history nuts, um, Pilate and Herod were having a feud at this time. And the Galileans were Herod's territory. And when they came to worship or to offer their sacrifices in the temple, it is true that Pilate had his guys create a skirmish in which some of those who came to worship were killed. But it was mostly because he hated Herod. It had nothing to do with their sacrifices. But these folks thought they must be worse sinners than I am for them to die in this way. Same with the Tower of Siloam falling and killing them while they were building it. How many times have we been guilty of saying they got theirs? They got what they had coming to them. That's wrong thinking. Please stop doing that. And Jesus makes that crystal clear right here. He doesn't answer the political narrative, by the way. He goes right to the heart issue. And essentially he says, stop it. I tell you, no, that none of them were worse than any others. But unless you, you who are here with me right now, repent, you too will all perish. You see, repentance is an interesting thing. It's the beginning of a right relationship with Jesus. Because it requires us to stop thinking of ourselves better than we are and to recognize that we are broken human beings in need of a savior. The Jews had him right before them in this moment, but they didn't recognize him. He goes on to to navigate through a parable a few things that I think I want to spend the rest of our time on. So the first thing I want to invite you to is repentance. Stop fighting with everybody else and positioning yourself better than them and humbly come to the throne of grace. And recognize that you're in need because we all are. We have to stop pointing our fingers. I think, my, I think it was a school teacher. I don't remember exactly. It was early on in life where someone said, whenever you point at someone else, what's the follow-up there? There's three more pointing back at you, right? We're the guilty party. You and I repent and believe the gospel as our invitation to Lent began. Levi was a really wise young man. I'm super proud of you, Levi. He had no script. He didn't. Even, sorry, you're Lucas. He was a really wise young man too. So was your brother Levi. <laughs> Lucas, Lucas was a really wise young man. He didn't even know he was setting up my second point. But the second point for today is the invitation to grow. And in order for us to grow, a few things have to happen, right? Lucas said that it can't grow without dirt and water. And then we realize that we need a little bit of stinky stuff to really get it to go. Jesus' parable about the fig tree is interesting. It fascinates me that he used a fig tree, first of all. And did you know that fig trees would begin to bear fruit in three years? Like, that's a real thing? I didn't know that. That was some of the research that I found. 
Fascinating. I wish apple trees began to bear fruit in three years. But it's important to know that it's a process. It's a process. It's also really important to know that this process of growth is oftentimes dirty and messy. And if you're where I am right now, stinky. We see a couple of things in this text. We see mercy and grace. Where do you see it? I'll give you the answer. How's that sound? It's in verse 8. Because the owner of the vineyard was going to cut it all down. Remember? Because it was worthless. It was occupying soil that good producing trees could occupy instead of this one that wasn't producing fruit. And we have an intercessor who's unnamed, but it says, someone else is there that says, sir, leave it alone for one more year and allow me to dig around it and fertilize it. Growth is something that... uh, is painful at times for us as Christians. We're going to move away from the analogy of the tree, right? Because it requires us to do things we don't always want to do and to position ourselves in places that we don't always want to be positioned. It requires us to defy what culture says is okay and to say, no, that's not what a Christ follower does. I get this argument a lot. Well, well, Christians, what should Christians be doing? Well, I, I would really encourage you to read the book that God gave us that talks to us about how we should live our lives and allow the scriptures to define how we live our lives, not culture. Hedonism and this quest for happiness, like this quest for personal fulfillment and personal pursuit is, is evil. The scriptures invite us to repent Stop doing that and to grow in relationship with God and each other so that we can bear fruit. When you plant an apple tree, what do you get? Apples, that's not a trick question. That's a real, that's, that's just a very good answer. You plant an apple tree, you're supposed to get apples. You plant a fig tree, you're supposed to get fig newtons. No, just figs. <laughs> but What happens when we plant a Christian and they begin to get fertilized? What do we get? A disciple maker. Someone who can bear fruit. At the Iron Sharpens Iron uh, event yesterday, one of the statements that was made, and I I think this is true, and I'm an academic guy, so it's kind of hard to say this, but he said, growth doesn't happen in the classroom. Honestly, growth doesn't really happen right here on Sunday mornings in this moment. Growth happens when you leave and you begin to engage with each other. And that's where we actively begin to fertilize the soil of others. If you're under the age of 19, could you just raise your hand for a moment? Yeah, lift it high. I I can't look at my eyesight. I'm getting old. 
Keep it up there for a second. Those of you who are over 19, look around the room. Praise God for our young people. You know what they need more than anything right now? Godly men and godly women who will fertilize the soil that they have been planted in. Who will invest in their lives and the difficulties of life. Who will navigate life with them. Who will allow them to, to say and do things that maybe are smelly and stinky and dirty and we just don't really like sometimes. But to be faithful on our end of loving them all the way through that so they might grow and produce fruit that lasts. Fruit that endures whatever it is life brings upon us. Our songs this morning paved the way for the message. And Brennan and I didn't even talk about that on the front end. God's presence with us all day long. His faithfulness all day long. So, I have a challenge for you. I want to share with you a quote from Abraham Lincoln first. Abraham Lincoln, arguably one of the greatest presidents of all time. Can we at least agree on that? <laughs> yeah? Arguably. Die when I may, I want it said of me that I plucked a weed and planted a flower wherever I thought a flower would grow. So church, I want to challenge you to begin to bear fruit, to go and make disciples, coming alongside people in the midst of their struggles, in the midst of their strife, not allowing culture to define what is good and holy and acceptable and pleasing to allow the scriptures to define that. If you're not sure, come and see me or Pastor Tom, we'd love to talk with you about it. To love each other without condemnation, but to be willing to call sin, sin, and evil, evil, so that we might bear fruit that endures a lifetime, that changes cultures, that sets the stage for families like we've never witnessed before. You know, I had a, a thought. My thought was that I would tell God how to do things better. Has anybody else ever had that thought? Come on, I'm not the only person in the room who's thought I can tell God what to do. And you know what God reminded me of? That his ways are higher than my ways. That his plans are perfect when mine are imperfect. And that he loves me in the midst of my imperfection and my brokenness. And he walks with me and he talks with me as the old hymn says. Along life's merry way. We see the perfection of life in the person of Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 12 tells us that he endured the cross, right? Who for the joy set before him, scorning its shame, that which man intended for evil, God used for the ultimate good. And church, he's equipped you. One of the things that um, I was invited to do years ago was to begin to pray for my ministry circle. I love you, all of you, you online. You're not all inside of that circle because it's not possible. Now hear me very carefully. Just because you're not inside the circle doesn't mean we're not going to minister together. But I started to pray for God to give me the names of people that he would have me come alongside with in discipleship so that I could get dirty with them. 
that I could begin to get my hands in the dirt and, and navigate life. And if you put your hands in this dirt right now, you're going to be stained and stinky and you'll probably get some splinters because there's wood chips in there. And it's, that's what life is like with other people. And you can't do that with countless people. But God will give you your mission field if you begin to pray about it. And if you take that seriously, you'll find that you will be the tool that God uses to help others grow. And you will find fulfillment because you'll be bearing fruit and equipping them to bear fruit also. And that, friends, that is where the good stuff is. When you see those that you have come alongside who have navigated life's stuff, surrender their life to Christ, grow in faith, and then come back and celebrate what God is doing in their lives with you because of your faithfulness in their life. That's where the good stuff is. So let's be fruit bearers, okay? Would you pray with me? Holy God, thank you for your grace. God, I pray that as we navigate life today that the word that you have spoken would give life to the mortal bodies that are gathered here and at home right now. That your spirit would breathe in us, O breath of God. That you would give life to our, ourselves, enabling us to go and bear fruit. God, because there's coming a day when the end will come. Jesus, your desire is that none would perish, no, not one. And your timing is perfect. Lord, equip your church right now. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to invite you to something that we don't always do, but I want to invite you just to sit for a minute and allow the message to, to sit and simmer for a minute, percolate and to, to maybe reflect, and then also to, to seek the Lord for how we can give back to God through our tithes and offerings. Um, but just to sit and allow God to, to speak to you and to minister to you, and then I'll close out that time in about a minute with the doxology.
Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, church, this morning... Um, at our practice, we spent the majority of the time trying to figure out a band name, um, something that involved the, the word man in it. Um, thank you. Thank you for our band name. <laughs> but what a, what a great analogy that we've heard this morning. Um, the word growth, doesn't it give you happy feelings? But the action of growth... Isn't it tough? Right, and something that holds us back from growth so many times is fear. Church, I want to remind you of the news this morning that fear is not something that should be in our hearts or in our heads because that battle has been won by, by the Lord already. The next song we're about to sing, and as Pastor Joe said, we didn't talk about this at all, but the Lord works in really cool ways, and he has this morning already, we are no longer children, or we're no longer slaves of fear because we are children of God. And I hope that resonates with you this morning. Join us in worship, please. You unravel me with a melody you surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God And I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God mother's womb, you have chosen me, love has called my name, I've been born again into your family, your blood flows through my veins, and I'm no longer a slave to fear. child of God, and I'm no longer a slave to fear, I am a child of God, and I'm no longer a 
just left here I am shattered And I'm the one left here I am shattered I'm no longer a Thank you for your presence this morning and worship. Worship is that very act that you have given us that displaces fear. May you be glorified today. May your church be edified. May we be built up and rooted in perfect love. Growth is a funny thing, church takes time. The fruit of the Spirit, Scripture says, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Don't quit in the journey. Allow the fruit to bear. May the Lord Jesus Christ be before you to lead you, beside you to justify you, behind you to defend you, above you to guide you. My Jesus, the risen Christ, the author and perfecter of the faith or the pioneer of the faith, the one who has gone before you, be within you by the power of the Holy Spirit, enabling you to transform lives and to invest in others in growth, enabling you to perfectly love the hell out of your neighbors. In Jesus' name, amen.